Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The LSU Tigers. LSU wins the BCS. One team, one heartbeat. The New Orleans Hornets select Anthony Davis. And I tell you, Mardi Gras about to break out. Talk about my Saints. To the 20. Geis. Touchdown. Who that? This is the Chris Gordy Show. Hour number two. Right here on the Chris Gordy Show. Appreciate you guys for uh, listening and tuning in. Calling an audible this week as we had uh, some issues earlier in the week. You know, we were heading out to Houston to go do the uh, show there from all week, getting ready for LSU, BYU, and Houston. And, of course, uh, Hurricane Harvey came through and wrecked up the area, wrecked up our plans. So we weren't able to do our uh, weekly hit with this guy, but uh, he joins us now, and we appreciate him for uh, jumping in with us on a Friday as opposed to a Monday this week, Lance Moore joins us now. Lance, welcome in, man. Thanks for jumping on with us. What's up? What's up? Glad to be back. So I didn't even realize this, man. I texted you late yesterday, and it was your birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. What did you What did you do to celebrate the big 3-4? Uh, not a whole lot. <laughs> my, <laughs> my, my day wasn't a whole lot different than normal. Um, I got a haircut. Um went out to dinner with my family there you go um, and, it, and it, i enjoyed some red velvet cake <laughs> nice uh, anytime you can get rel- red velvet cake it's a good birthday uh it, you realize when you get older it's more about like when you got the the wife and kids now the birthdays don't mean as much anymore so it's more about uh, everybody else talking with uh lance Moore here so lance last night saints play their final preseason game and uh, across the league, they play their final preseason games, and now it comes down to roster cuts, and it's going to be a unique year this year. With you know, they didn't have the trim down to seventy-five or whatever; they're going straight from ninety whatever down to fifty-three. So there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be getting cut uh, this weekend. I want to go back to to your uh, first year, two thousand five. You come out of uh, what Toledo undrafted. You end up, you wind up with the Saints. What was that final weekend like of the uh, preseason? Did you feel good about yourself? And I think what you ended up on the practice squad that year, right? Well, for for me, I was I was actually with the, the Cleveland Browns. That's and, right. And um, I was cut after the third preseason game, so I didn't even make it. I didn't even make it to the the fourth preseason game and have to sit and wait for the phone to ring or for you know somebody to call and tell me that I. Need to bring my playbook in. I was already at home by then, um, but but you know the the preseason for a, a rookie or a young player is definitely nerve wracking. You don't really know what to expect. You don't know um, if and when that phone is going to ring. And and for me, um, it was just a normal day walking into practice uh, at the beginning of the fourth week of the preseason. And sure enough, the the Turk was outside waiting for people, and and I just got a feeling. I'm like, he's waiting for me. I I know he's waiting for me. And, um, you know, he called me in, and and the normal thing, coach needs to see you. 
make sure you bring your playbook with you. And you know, and it's just kind of at that point, what is he going to say to me? You know, and, and you would like for, you know, the coach to say something nice about you and, and potentially give you the option of, of, of you know, a situation where they'd like to bring you back at some point. Um, and, uh, but I feel like that's the pretty standard answer. You know, you did a good job. Um, maybe we can get you back on the practice squad if, if you know, you're, you're a good enough player. Um, but for me, you know, I, I didn't get another call from them. I actually got a call from the Houston Texans the next week to, to come work out. Um, so I went and did that and didn't get signed. And, and a few weeks later, New Orleans kind of called randomly and, and said that they wanted to sign me to the practice squad. And that's kind of how I ended up with, with the Saints. I don't know how they even heard about me because I didn't talk to any Saints scouts during my senior season. None of the Saints people were at my pro day. So um, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's a good job of, of, of their scouting department of, of being kind of incognito and, and, and finding me. Um, you know, when I was in Cleveland. How did you feel that? Pre- did you feel like you showed a lot that preseason? How did you feel you, you did that, that preseason with the Browns? Well, during training camp, I felt like I played pretty well. But it was it was totally different once we got in the preseason games. I just, in three preseason games, I played a total of 11 plays. And, you know, as a young guy, if you're first of all, you, you have to be on the field to show what you can do. If you're not on the field and you can't, prove to the coaches, the scouts, the front office people that you belong, um, then it's going to be a pretty pretty tough deal for you to, to, to make a squad. So I kind of had a little inkling that, you know, I, I wasn't going to, you know, make the team at least, but I figured, you know, through what I was doing in practice and continuing to prove each and every day out there in training camp that I would at least have a, have a chance to, um, make it to that last preseason game and hopefully play a lot in that last preseason game and show what I could do. But, um, you know, I, I, being an older guy now, I totally get it. I mean, they, were, they weren't going to play me very much, and it was going to be a, a pretty tough time for me to make that team. <clears throat> now, back then in 2006, I mean, NFL Europe was still a thing. So the Saints end up, what, they bring you in, but then they tell you, what, we're, we want you to go play in NFL Europe for a little bit? Yep. So the uh, 2005 was was obviously the Hurricane Katrina year. We were in San Antonio. Coach Hazlitt was the coach. Um, three and thirteen season. Whole staff gets fired. Sean Payton gets hired in January, and literally like you know four or five days after Coach Payton gets gets hired, my agent calls me and he's like, uh, "The Saints want to send you to NFL Europe," and I'm like, "Huh?" <laughs> I'm like, I haven't, "I haven't even met these coaches yet, and they already want to ship me to Germany. Like, what what, what kind of stuff is that?" So. Um, of course, I tell my agent no right away, um, and he's kind of like, you know, hey, man, there's the new staff. You know, you probably should do what they want you to do. They want to get some tape on you. You didn't play in any regular season games last year, you know, and I finally take his word for it. I, I fly to New Orleans um, in early February to meet the staff, and, and literally like a week and a half later, I was in Tampa, Florida for NFL Europe training camp because because my agent uh, talk me into it, I guess you could say. <laughs> and your agent's like, I hear Berlin is great this time of year. Uh, yeah, and it, it definitely is not in, in February. <laughs> it was freezing. It was snowing. I mean, it was wow. it was like the the uh, worst time for a, a football league to be to be going on in that part of Europe for sure. It, it's it's funny to talk about this timeline here. So in that time, are you seeing the Saints sign this guy Drew Brees, and you're like? 
Oh, what a bum. That guy with the, with the hurt shoulder. Is, is he ever going to play again? I mean, like, it's just funny to think about the timeline of when all this was going down. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I, I didn't think, I didn't think anything about his injury, honestly. I, I, you know, obviously we had Aaron Brooks the year before and Ty Bauman, um, and, and, you know, to get a guy like a Drew Brees who had played so well in San Diego, I, I never was one of those people who was like, oh, well, I'll, I hope his shoulder's okay. I, I just, I was like, Drew Brees is going to be the quarterback. This is awesome. You know, do whatever <laughs> I can to show that I can play over here in Germany. And then when I get back, uh, just be ready to make more plays in, in the offseason and hopefully um, turn some heads. And so you end up, you got a shot later that year, right? You came back, you were active for a couple of games. Uh, I think what played in four four of those games, but then they end up waving you again, re-signing you to the practice squad. But then what? The next year, two thousand seven, is when you really started to feel like, okay, I'm going to get a shot here to really prove what I can do. Yep. I mean, the the majority of my first two years, oh five and oh six, it was a up and down thing. You know, practice squad put me on their active roster, put me back on the practice squad. In oh six, I make the team. I play in a couple of games. They cut me, put me back on the practice squad. So going into my third year was kind of a make it or break it type situation. I'm like, I, I, I can't be up and down again. You know, I, I've got to make this team and and be one of those guys that's a consistent player each and every Sunday. And, and thankfully for me, there was um, an opportunity a couple weeks in. Where I think we were 0-4 at the time, at the beginning of the 07 season. So they were looking to kind of make some changes um, to, to, you know, kind of get us going in the right direction. And, um you know, luckily I was one of those guys that got got a extra opportunity and started making plays, and that was kind of when I became a, a regular player offensively for the Saints, and, and um, that was where things kind of took off for me. For the next few years with the Saints, did you feel like like every off season? Did you feel comfortable and like, hey, I, I know this offense now. I'm I'm clicking. I'm putting up numbers. Or did you go into every off season feel like, hey, I could be cut at any moment. I got to continue to prove myself. Well, I, w- I would say it's kind of a combination of both. Um, after the 07 season, I had more confidence, obviously, knowing that, you know, I was playing a lot and I had started, I think, four or five games that year. Um, but I, I still kept that idea in the back of my mind that I could be cut at any time because I was, you know, I had been cut three or four times already at that point. So I, I never relaxed. I never took anything for granted. I, I wanted to show up each and every day. Um, with that chip on my shoulder and, and continuing to work and, and prove myself every day because, you know, I wasn't a high draft pick. I, I didn't have those stripes um, that a lot of the older veteran guys had from being around long enough. So I just wanted to continue to prove that I could play each and every day and, um, you know, just kind of having that mentality that I still haven't made it yet, I think was something that kept me around for so long. Talk with Lance Moore here on uh, Sports 1280. So l- let's talk about this uh, current team, Lance. Uh, look, I only watched really the first majority of the first half of last night. I mean, the, that fourth preseason game, it just becomes a tough watch when you're talking about third and fourth string guys getting a chance. But I want to go back to the prior two weeks. I mean, how good this defense played against the Chargers and then the Texans and, and shutting them both out offense, uh, defensively. Um, with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What do you make of this team where they are right now? Do you think that they are going to be much improved defensively going into the season? Yeah, I think they have to be. I mean, I think that's something that, that has been, you know, the, the Achilles heel of New Orleans Saints teams the last several years. I mean, even and and a bunch of the years that, that I was down there, I mean, that was that was the thing that was basically holding that team back. Um, you know, when you've got a top five offense every single year, um, you know, it's going to be tough for the defense to kind of even be in that same conversation, but if you look back to 2009, we had a top five defense, and we all know how that how that season ended. So, um, you know, if you've got a one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game um, on your team for so long, it'd be a shame to only win one Super Bowl. So, um, time is running short there. So, so hopefully the defense continues what they've done in this this preseason with the consistent pass rush, the sacks, the turnovers. I mean, those are the things that you need. Um, you know, on the defense, especially with the team that's as good as that offense, you know, is, is going to be. Um, and, and I don't think it's a situation where, you know, they need to worry about the amount of yards that teams are getting on them. I think they, they need to make things tough on offenses. They need to continue to get that pass rush in the sack. They need to continue to turn the ball over. I mean, it'll be a really exciting season. That 2009 season early on, I mean, I think it was, what, two blowout wins early against uh, Detroit and Philly. But then uh, two tougher games against Buffalo and the Jets, and they were a little bit more defensive oriented. Early on, as, as you know, they brought in Darren Sharper, and he started to make plays, and Will Smith making plays up front. Did you guys start to look at that defense and go, "Hey, we, we might have something here"? Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, especially when they they were you know killing people with the turnovers. Yeah. I mean, you know, teams would move the ball up and down the field a little bit. Uh, but but it's, it's, I feel like we had you know double digits and pick sixes or fumble recoveries. We had block punts. I mean, it it felt like you know we had something special going even early on. You know, I mean, going into the season, nobody was really talking about us doing anything. Um, you know, coming off of an eight and eight season in two thousand and eight. You know, but but offense was rolling. Like you said, we had the two kind of defensive struggles. But but at the end of the day, you really do whatever it takes to win. It's not always going to be pretty, um, but you know whether you win by one or you win by thirty-one, um, it's it's still going to be a win, and you do whatever it takes to get those. He is Lance Moore of uh, a former New Orleans Saint, of course, joining us here on the show. Uh, just last thought, Lance, as we head into the regular season, um, what do you make of the NFC South and how this is shaping up? I know. You know, on hard knocks, a lot of people are starting to give the Tampa Bay Bucks attention. And look, Jameis Winston looks like looks like he's a leader. Looks like he's the real deal. And obviously, they added Deshaun Jackson and drafted OJ Howard. They're going to have tons of weapons on the offense. You know, Carolina, the question marks. Cam kind of took a step back last year. Does he bounce back to the year that he had when he took his team to the Super Bowl? And then, oh by the way, Matt Ryan and the Falcons sitting right there. They just uh, you know blew a lead in the Super Bowl, but they're still really, really good. How do you see the NFC South shaping up this year? You know what? It's it's going to be a really really interesting division. I think it's the best division as far as quarterbacks go from top to bottom. Um, you've got three Super Bowl starting quarterbacks in the same division with one of the best young quarterbacks in the whole National Football League added to the hat group. Um, I think Carolina will be improved from last year. I don't know that they'll get back to their Super Bowl um, status team. 
um, or Super Bowl status offense. I think they'll be an interesting team to watch with um, the addition of Christian McCaffrey and, and um, Curtis Samuel. I think Atlanta will be good again. I don't know that Atlanta will be as good as they were last year, especially with the loss of Kyle Shanahan. I think that's something that people have kind of failed to, to talk about a lot. Um, he was a, he was a, a great offensive coordinator, um, especially last year with the you know that group that they've got. But but the, all those guys returning, man, they're, they're going to be a tough team. Um, Tampa Bay, I definitely think is going to be improved and, and could potentially be a playoff team this year. Jameis Winston is the real deal. Um, and like I said, this this I've been saying it all offseason. This this New Orleans Saints team reminds me of our 2019. Um, because last year the, the close games that they played in were similar to the close games we played in in 2008. Um, and if that defense can continue what they've shown in this preseason, um, the sky's the limit. You know, I, I don't want to make any predictions because I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't really know yet. Um, right. But I think after, after a couple weeks into this season, you'll get a good sense of, of kind of how, how things are going to play out. He is Lance Moore, 16 with 16. Appreciate you jumping on with us, Lance. And, uh, hey, props to your Toledo Rockets getting a win for you on your birthday last night, starting the season off 1-0. and Yes, sir. It was a good birthday present, but, you know, we we, we played Elon. So yeah. we, 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 we play uh, Tulsa in a couple weeks, so that will be a good test for us. Yeah, then you got the U after that. Ugh, it's going to be a tough one. We'll take it. He is Lance Moore. Lance, thanks so much. Happy birthday, man, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up with you again next week. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, talk to you later. Lance Moore, former New Orleans Saint, 16 minutes with number 16. like to do that with you guys every week. We, again, we uh, missed it on Monday, so we made it up on this Friday. And appreciate Lance for jumping on with us this morning. And just kind of made more sense to get him on today after the last preseason game and kind of react to uh, the end of the preseason and going into the regular season. I, I think some of us forget that Lance came in under Hazlitt and, and was, you know, bounced around from the practice squad to over to NFL Europe and and all that because we remember him coming on that 07 season but you know he was a, he he had been around a while with uh you know Devery Henderson and remember Mike Hass when he was like the talk of training camp in 06 so uh kind of forget that Lance Moore was was around back then so fun to catch up with him and we'll do it again uh, next week all right let's take a quick break when we come back we'll get into uh more talk on, on the Saints from last night we got to preview a little bit about LSU tomorrow taking off BYU and then bottom of the hour We'll talk with our guy, Ken Trahan, preview some of the big high school games in the area right after this. Don't go anywhere. It's the Chris Gordy Show, Sports 1280, New Orleans. Chris Gordy now. Duncan Holder next at 10 on Sports 1280, New Orleans. Welcome back in. Chris Gordy Show here on Sports 1280, New Orleans. Appreciate Lance Moore joining us last segment. Catch up with Ken Trahan here in a couple minutes. Preview some of the big high school games in the area. LSU-BYU tomorrow night in the Superdome. 8.30 kickoff. Going to be a late night in the Crescent City. Nothing new from Ed Ogeron. I was trying to see if, if there was anything new on these suspensions, but apparently he's going to keep it in-house. We mentioned that yesterday. There's going to be a couple of guys on the football team suspended for tomorrow night's game. Have not heard the names and Ogeron said he wants to keep it in-house, discipline in-house, rather. So we'll see if, uh, I mean, I guess we'll have to wait until they take the field tomorrow night to see who is out. But all signs point to the most important people being available, like Danny Etling and Darius Geis. Arden Key still not going to play, but we knew that from a couple weeks ago. I saw this yesterday. LSU's Player Lounge 
And LSU is being named after a former player, defensive back Tyron Matthew. Of course, the, the Honey Badger, the LSU Football Players Lounge will be called the Matthew Players Lounge. The room is being named after Tyron Matthew. Players Lounge is located in the Football Ops Center and is just a few months away from a facelift. Matthew donated a million dollars to the program last fall. Funds that will go to the renovation of the football complex, specifically the lounge. After the 2017 season, crews will begin renovating several aspects of the ops building, including the coaches' offices, the players' lounge, locker room, and training room. Coaches will have to work from temporary offices and trailers for several months, Joe Oliva said. The renovations, including the addition of a nutrition center, are expected to last through the 2018 season. So that's kind of cool that uh, Tyron Matthew donated a million dollars. I mean, look, a lot of these players go on to make millions in the NFL, and you know, some of them do things through charity efforts and and do some great stuff, but very rarely does a guy donate back to the school for a specific thing and, and get it named after him. You know, so that that's kind of cool that it's going to be called the Tyron Matthew Players Lounge. Let's just hope there's no uh, extracurricular things going on in there that Tyron Matthew partook in while he was at LSU that got him dismissed from the program. So, but uh, kind of cool, very cool to, to see a guy like that, and especially what a success story. I mean. You know, the guy gets, uh, what, popped for synthetic weed and ends up uh, leaving the program. There was talk of maybe he was going to go play at McNeese State and ends up just sitting out that entire year prepping for the draft, falls in the draft because of it, but ends up in a great situation. Ends up with the, with the Arizona Cardinals, with his buddy Patrick Peterson, who, you know, basically mentors him. And ever since then, Tyron Matthews has been straight-laced. I mean, he has been he's done everything the right way. He's had a couple injuries, nicked him up on the field, but when he's played, he's been really good. And again, he's he's managed his money the right way and donating back to the school, awesome stuff. So just a great success story out of Tyron Matthew. I could easily see that being one of those SEC storied pieces a couple years from now. You know, they do those documentaries on the SEC network. Why not? There has to be one on Tyron Matthew from, from his rise to fame to becoming a Heisman finalist. I mean, he's the only LSU Heisman finalist in recent years, right? Guy who actually got an invite to New York as a Heisman finalist. And uh, and then the fall from grace. You know, it's on top of the world with the Honey Badger. People are selling Honey Badger t-shirts and all this. And then ends up getting dismissed from the, from the program. Crazy, crazy uh, story there. But a success story, if nothing else, on, on Tyron Matthew. All right, we'll take a, a quick break when we come back. We'll get on the high school front right after this with Ken Trahan, Crescent City Sports. It's the Chris Gordy Show, Sports 1280, New Orleans. We bleed purple, green, blue. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Black and gold. Sports 1280. New Orleans. Welcome back in. Chris Gordy's show here on Sports 1280. And uh, happy to be joined by this guy been around the New Orleans area for a long time. He's got a great website up now, CrescentCitySports.com. He is Ken Trahan. Ken, how are you this morning? Chris, I'm doing just fine. It's great to hear your voice. Good to be with you. 
absolutely great to uh, talk with you as well. CrescentCitySports.com is the website and covers all of New Orleans sports, including the prep world. And, Ken, the prep world getting underway this weekend with a, a lot of big games in the New Orleans area. I guess start off with the first uh, first one or two big games that you're going to have an eye on this weekend. Well, of course, there were a couple of really good ones last night. John Curtis defeating Landry Walker. 27-18 in a battle of the Titans, defending 5A state champion Andrew Walker. And, of course, perennial pilot John Curtis. That was obviously a, an eye-popping result. But even more eye-popping was Riverside. Uh, Riverside, the defending Division II state champion. They went to Southern Island, who LSU commits, and is the defending state champion, two-time defending state champion Division Four. And he looked like Hudson Johnson's with ineligibility and coach firing. Their players were on the field. And Riverside went to Walker High, and they beat center lab 54 to nothing. Wow. Last night, so just a remarkable performance uh, by Riverside. He's just absolutely loaded this last game. Their coach. In terms of games tonight, uh, Carr and St. Paul's at Hunter Stadium in Covington. That's going to be a great matchup with the four A state champion, the reigning champion against a really good five A team in St. Paul's. I think St. Charles Catholic and Chalmette's a really good game. St. Charles Catholic, a state runner-up last year, Chalmette uh, really improved. That game's at Bobby Nuss Stadium, and you can actually watch it live at CrescentCitySports.com or Webcasting live at CrescentCitySports.com and HD tonight at seven o'clock. So that's another one of the area games locally. That's that's a good one uh, to to watch tonight. And of course, around the state, there are obviously going to be good matchups. Ben Rougier, you got Catholic and Parkview Baptist, which is a always a really good game between two teams from different classes, and that's one to watch. Uh, obviously, uh, South is a really good team. They're going to Bayou Petri to play South Lafourche. Uh, you know, you've got a good matchup in the Lafayette area, Trillings Catholic and Boat Bridge, which are two very good football teams that ought to be very good. And up in North Louisiana, uh, Union Parish and Airline is a matchup of two teams from different classes. But the biggest one in that area, North Louisiana, Chris, is John Aaron at West Monroe. Yeah. These are two 5A powers that are just really good football teams. And Aaron's willing to make that trip. They think they're good enough to play those guys. They've had a coaching change, too, which has been a distraction, but they're very talented. So to me, those would be the marquee matchups to watch tonight. Tomorrow night we'll have uh, LSU taking on BYU in the Superdome at eight thirty. But at seven o'clock, uh, a game you and I will be interested in is Archbishop Rummel taking on Gulfport. And I know some LSU folks will be watching Rummel this year to see Jamar Chase and you know as his recruiting continues on and where he ends up. But uh, talk about that game, Gulfport coming over a uh, little inter interstate uh, rivalry there between Gulfport and Rummel taking on each other. Yeah, you know, Gulfport is uh, they're on the flex bone option. Uh, it's a Georgia Tech offense. They're gigantic, okay? They're huge. Their offensive line averages 282. And, you know, their, their defense is big as well up front. They average about 260. So it's a kind of a decisive size advantage on Rumble, but Rumble's got a speed advantage, no question, uh, with their skill people. Chase is a remarkable player, tremendous athlete, fast, strong, glides, great hands, uh, just a really good player. And I don't think it's over with yet uh, where he's concerned in terms of recruiting uh, with regard to the rest of their team. They've got really good wide receivers, period. They've got senior running backs, two of them. And they got a quarterback in Chandler Fields who's a junior who's really good. So they got skill all over. They're going to throw the ball much more than they're accustomed to doing. So that'll be a matchup of wills. One team that's going to spread you out and throw it. The other team that's going to line up and come right at you. So, you know, it's one of those games where the – you know, the, the, the puncher and the counter-puncher, the different styles make the fight, right? That's going to be one of those. We're looking forward to it. How about the, how's the rest of the Catholic League going to look this year, or the, the, the group no, formerly known as the Catholic League? Yeah. Uh, Jesuit, Brother Martin, uh, what can we expect mm-hmm. out of some of these other schools this year? 
Yeah, I think you're looking at, you know, I think everybody, the consensus is it's Curtis and Rummel, and probably in that order, although competitive for sure, in terms of the best teams. But right behind them, I mean, I think right there uh, would be Brother Martin and St. Augustine, and you don't sleep on Jesuit. Uh, Brother Martin's got a really good offensive line and a really good senior quarterback in J.P. Pierre. And anytime you have an experienced quarterback coming back, it's going to give you an advantage. They're younger on defense, but they have physical ability. They're athletic. In terms of St. Augustine, they've got three you know, really good football players, Garland of France, Juan Jarrett, certainly come to mind immediately. Uh, both uh, are guys that have already committed to play college football. They've got size as well. Uh, Al Jones did a good job last year with this program. You know, they had Scotlandville down late in the fourth quarter last year on their own in the playoffs and just couldn't finish the deal. But they're good. And then Jesuit, uh, their front seven defensively is outstanding. It's one of the best you're going to find in South Louisiana. They're going to have to you know, sustain drives offensively. They don't have what you call big playability. But they're well-coached. Uh, they're really good up front on defense. And if they can execute offensively, especially their senior quarterback, Alex Watermeyer, as he shows improvement under their coordinator, Chris Lamoth, and I think they'll be improving. Holy Cross is, is a team, again, that you can't sleep on either. You know, they lost Chandler Fields. who transferred to Rumble, but they've got Jaden Moran at quarterback. Uh, they've got some size up front. They're a little better up front than they've been. Kim Wimberley's an outstanding receiver. And then Shaw's going to trail the field. They just don't have the players yet under first-year coach Tommy Connors, but they'll grow that program. Uh, what about for our West Bank folks, uh, schools mm-hmm. like Shaw? Who, who's, uh, who are some uh, schools to watch for on the West Bank this year? Well, it's, it's, it's clearly Landry Walker, John Errett, and Carr. Now, Landry Walker and Carr are Orleans Parish schools. Both are defending state champions. Landry Walker in 5A, Carr in 4A. And, of course, John Errett uh, has just loaded. Now, you know, they dismissed their coach, Corey Lambert, with some alleged violations. Uh, but a good guy in uh, Del Lee Collins has taken over, whom I've known for quite some time. Good man. And they missed a beat in the Jamboree. And as I mentioned, they're going to West Monroe tonight, so I think you'll get a really good indication as to who they are. But from a physical perspective, when John Eric gets off the bus, nobody's going to beat them, okay? Uh, they're really big, fast. It's a good football team. Travis Mumphrey's a junior quarterback who started since his freshman year, who's really good. So that is a team unquestionably to watch. So from the West Bank perspective, those are certainly – the three best teams on that side of the river. What did you make of uh, the the two games not happening this week? Holy Cross was supposed to take on Higgins, mm-hmm. and East Jefferson was supposed to take on Helen Cox. Of course, both those teams, uh, or rather Helen Cox and uh, Higgins, losing their games because of yeah. their skirmish in the scrimmage. But it's a little unfair, right, to East Jefferson and Holy Cross not even getting to play their game. Yeah, it's terribly unfair to them. Jeff Curtis, uh, over at Jack Curtis, had interesting suggestions that maybe they should play each other, you know? Yeah. And it's not a bad suggestion. The problem was they had an appeals process that ran all the way to yesterday. And, and I understand the appeals process, but to me, that should have been done early in the week, Chris. It should have been resolved Monday or Tuesday because what happened was you kept everybody hanging. Not just yeah. the teams appealing, but the teams that were supposed to play. So what do they do? They're getting ready to play a game. they got to be prepared to play. Then all of a sudden, the big letdown of not playing. Uh, the, the great unknown is really what's unfortunate here. To me, it seems like you can do that in a more timely fashion. And the suggestion might not have been impossible. Had you known earlier in the week, maybe the two that uh, got screwed out of the games could have played each other. So <laughs> schedules obviously matched up. But in terms of the upholding of the ruling, I agree with it. I think it's unfortunate. There are good people at both of those schools. Kenny Bush and Higgins, head coach. Skip Lamoff and Ellen Cox, head coach. Good guys. I know them very well. Unfortunate circumstance, but the appropriate action. You have rules for a reason, and that just can't happen. So I agree with the ruling. 
He is Ken Trahan, CrescentCitySports.com is the website. Again, some big games coming up this weekend in uh, local prep football. So uh, you definitely want to keep it uh, at CrescentCitySports.com for all the latest scores and updates. And what other stuff do you guys have going on at uh, CrescentCitySports.com? Yeah. Well, I mean, every day, of course, my same story from last night. I haven't covered that game. And, and LSU stories leading into their game with BYU. We'll be covering that, too. Tulane leading into their game. Of course, the Pelicans and their, their hard luck with injuries, which is ridiculous. They trade Pondexter. They lose Jackson to a broken foot again. So just on and on, you'll find all that there. And, of course, a host of prep stories, including recaps of what happened last night in football and our volleyball report as well. So if you go to CrescentCitySports.com, you'll get it all. And, of course, tonight, our school board is uh, the best in the state. Everybody comes to it. We average about 40,000 visitors every Friday night. and We'll have scores updated every minute uh, with uh, the color school logos and quarter by quarter. And as I mentioned, it's where everybody comes. So if you want your scores up to date while it's all happening, uh, just check out CrescentCitySports.com. And the best part about it, Ken, is it's got 5A, 4A, 3A, but it's also got New Orleans. You can just click New Orleans to get all the New Orleans scores. So that's very, very cool. CrescentCitySports.com is the website. Ken, really looking forward to uh, talking with you every uh, Friday throughout the uh, high school football season, and uh, appreciate the work you do, man. It's good stuff. Chris, it's always a pleasure. Great to have you back in the market. You're a big asset. You're a good friend. Look forward to it. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Ken. Ken okay. Trahan there, CrescentCitySports.com. You definitely want to keep that on your phone tonight with all the games uh, going on. And, you know, if you're at the games, you can check the scoreboard from the other games and uh, stay up to date with everything. So, uh, again, really looking forward to prep football getting underway and some big games going on this weekend around the area. We'll take a, a quick break. We'll come back. Final segment. We've got to uh, preview some of the college games tomorrow, give you some of our picks. So we'll do that after this. Chris Gordy Show right here on Sports 1280, New Orleans. Back to the Chris Gordy Show on Sports 1280, New Orleans. Welcome back in. Chris Gordy Show here on Sports 1280, New Orleans. Got a, a bunch of stories and tidbits we have not gotten to yet, so we need to do that. Appreciate Ken Trahan. CrescentCitySports.com joining us last segment. Let's talk about Ohio State last night. Their win over Indiana. And yeah, they ran away with it late, but man, that offense or rather that defense has issues. That secondary not very good. And, uh, I was just looking at the schedule for next week. I didn't realize they play Oklahoma next week. Ohio State does. Oklahoma number 7. So we'll see what Lincoln Riley and his crew looks like uh, this weekend uh, against UTEP, but Playing at Ohio State next week, those Ohio State corners better shape up in a in a hurry because that's going to be a a tough one uh, for them next week. But first and foremost, we've got games still to be played this weekend. A full college football slate tomorrow. Super jacked and excited about that. LSU and BYU tomorrow night in the Superdome. If you haven't done so yet, go get your tickets because there's still plenty available. I keep being told uh, LSU LSU sold their allotment that they had, but still. Uh, several thousand tickets still remaining for this one, so you definitely want to go get your tickets if you haven't done so yet. All right, tonight we have a chance to look at two more top ten teams. We got to see Ohio State and Oklahoma State last night. Tonight we get number eight Washington is traveling to Piscataway, New Jersey to take on Rutgers. That game's on Fox Sports 1. Look, it's not going to be a close in Washington's favor by almost 28 points, but, you know, going from... One end of the country to the other, from Washington to New Jersey, it's going to be a a long road trip for those guys. So let's see how they shape up. Again, a lot of people high on Chris Peterson. His team, you know, had a had a nice run last year that ended in that playoff loss to Alabama. But uh, they lose some, a couple guys, some receivers and such. But 
they should uh, still be a really good team. So we'll be interested to see how Washington looks at 7 o'clock tonight. And then at 8 o'clock over on ESPN, Utah State is traveling up to Camp Randall to take on number 9 Wisconsin. So we'll get to see what Wisconsin looks like. And Wisconsin's a team, look, the past couple of years they've played, what, they they opened their season against LSU in uh, at Lambeau last year. They played uh, what, a couple of years ago, but against Alabama. So they've uh, Wisconsin's had some tough opener games, and this year they get they get a reprieve. They get Utah State to start their season. So would expect Wisconsin to come out and roll. They're also favored by twenty seven and a half. So basically, both games tonight are four touchdown favorites. Shouldn't be competitive games, but just a good scout early scouting report on teams that are just ahead of LSU in the rankings in Washington and Wisconsin. Uh, just interested to see how those guys are going to look. All right, so let's get into the games this weekend tomorrow. Uh, the early games, just run into a few that will be uh, interesting of note. Maryland is at Texas, number 23 Texas. The Tom Herman error gets underway at UT. Shane Bouchelle, the quarterback, how does he look in year two or really year one in the Tom Herman system, but year two is the starter at, at UT. They've got a, you know, running back, a new running back back there with Dante Foreman going into the NFL. And look, Maryland has been pretty dismal the past few years in college football. So I uh, would expect Texas to handle them. They are 18.5-point favorites. I just feel like that's a lot of points. I'm not going to pick this one, but if I had to, I may lean Maryland plus 18.5 just because that's a lot of points with a Texas team that's unproven. I mean, we just we don't know how Tom Herman's system is going to look there. I know some people are high on them. That's why they're in the top 25 and Maryland has been bad in recent years, but again, I just think I think that's actually a good line. Like eighteen and a half, I could see I could see Texas winning by seventeen. Maryland still covers and Texas still gets a convincing victory. So uh, but again, I'm gonna stay away from that one. Other ones uh really all the early games tomorrow are, are, are pretty crappy. I mean, I think Akron is at Penn State, Kent State at Clemson, so there's not really many good ones other than Maryland, Texas which uh, will be on Fox Sports 1. At 2.30, we get UTEP at Oklahoma. Again, UTEP, not not a very good team, but, you know, again, Oklahoma at number 7 in the country. We'll get to see what they look like. 2.30 is when we get Michigan at Florida. That game taking place at AT&T Stadium in Arlington. So we'll get to a chance to look at how both the, those teams look. I think Michigan's taking a step back this year. I think Harbaugh's a good coach. I think he's recruited very well, but they lost a ton this offseason. And I just feel like they're going to take a step backward. They're not going to be as good. Florida, look, they named Felipe Franks the quarterback. Of course, the former LSU commit that uh, he just hasn't wowed me in his time at Florida. Remember what that first spring game where he threw like four interceptions? He uh, he was named the starter over the uh, Malik Zaire from, from Notre Dame. So... We'll get to see Felipe Franks in action. Michigan is favored by five and a half. I'm I'm just leaning Florida here. Their defense is always is always tough, always sound, and I know they've got a couple suspensions of you know the guys that they, that are suspended for this game by Jim McElwain. But I don't know why I'm feeling Florida in this one, and and I know a lot of people are are uh, saying Michigan's the favorite. I just, again, I just think if I had to pick one, I'm going Florida in this one. So that's my pick for that one. Later in the day, again, some not-so-interesting ones. Appalachian State at Georgia. Western Michigan at USC. That one would have been fun if if P.J. Fleck hadn't left and gone to Minnesota. P.J. Fleck was turning Western Michigan into a power. And so, but, you know, and he had a bunch of his guys transferred and followed him over to Minnesota. So I don't think Western Michigan has 
has much left, much ammo left in the tank, so I think USC should roll in that one. Uh, Georgia Southern at Auburn, Louisville at Purdue. That one could be interesting. Actually, it's at Lucas Oil Stadium, so uh, Louisville against Purdue could be intriguing, if nothing less than to see Lamar Jackson try to defend his Heisman Trophy-winning season, which ended with a thud in losses to Kentucky and then getting abused by LSU in the bowl game. I would expect him to bounce back against Purdue. Louisville, a 24-and-a-half-point favorite, and I don't even think that's enough. I think Louisville wins by four touchdowns in that one. So I'd run I'd run away with Louisville to cover in that one. And then the nightcap, 7 o'clock, Florida State against Alabama in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Look, I never pick against Saban now. I've just gotten burned too many times. I'm going to be rooting like hell for Florida State. I hope DeAndre Francois, it clicks. He's a, he's a mobile quarterback. Nick Saban defenses have always had issues with quarterbacks who could tuck it and run. But, man, how do you go against Alabama? They're seven-point favorites, and that just doesn't even seem like enough. What have we seen in recent years in season openers for Alabama? Nick Saban and his teams always roll, man. Got to take Bama minus seven in this one, and I hate it. I'm not, I'm not betting on it. I'm not putting any money on this one. If I did, I'd put it on Florida State to win just to hope that they can pull it out. But I'll be rooting like heck for the Seminoles before we gear up to watch LSU-BYU in the later game. Sunday, we've actually got a game. West Virginia is playing Virginia Tech at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland. That's kind of an intriguing one. Uh, I got to talk with Dana Holgerson this offseason. Really like uh, him bringing in Will Greer, the quarterback from Florida. I think West Virginia is going to be really good this year. But Justin Fuentes worked some wonders at Virginia Tech. Uh, surprised me how quickly he got things going last year at Virginia Tech. I think they're going to be really good. They're favored by four, but i got to go with the underdog, man, just because just I like Dana Holgerson. I think Will Greer and that West Virginia offense get rolling. That that game could be a shootout. The over-under is 51.5. I'd go over on that one. And then Monday night, we'll, we'll talk about – well, no, we won't talk about this on Monday. We're, uh, we'll be out on Monday. Monday's a holiday, so we'll have some best-ofs across the station uh, all day Monday. Tennessee against Georgia Tech on Monday night, number 25, Tennessee. Tennessee's favored by three. Tennessee's not good. They're playing each other at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta as well. I'm taking Georgia Tech in that one. Tennessee is going to stink this year. Butch Jones is going to get fired, and they're going to move on uh, and maybe hire Chip Kelly. So to recap, our picks, picks that I like for the weekend. Oh, I didn't do BYU-LSU. LSU favored by 14.5 now. That line started at 8 when it was in Houston. Suddenly it moves to LSU's backyard in, in New Orleans, and it goes to 14.5. Oh, man, I, I always have a hard time betting on LSU. I like to bet on the other the other games, but i got to think LSU covers, right? Because if Geis gets going and breaks off touchdown after touchdown run, Dave Aranda gets the defense going. I think they win by at least 17, right? So I'm going to take LSU minus 14.5, but I'm not 100% confident in it. But once you make your bet, you're locked in. All right, so uh, these are our picks for the weekend. We've got Maryland plus 18.5 against Texas. We've got uh, Florida straight up or plus 5.5 against Michigan. We've got, uh, what were our other ones? Oh, Louisville minus 24.5 against Purdue. We've got Alabama minus 7. And then uh, I've got West Virginia plus four 
and Georgia Tech plus three. So there you go. There are your picks for this weekend if you want to uh, get in with those. I'll put them on the blog at sports1280.com a little bit later today if you want to take those picks. Take them for what they are, folks. You don't have to trust my you – know, look, I'm no handicapping expert by by any means, but we were 2-0 and after last night. 2-0 and after last night's game. So there you, there you have it. Take it for what it is. All right, so – that's going to do it for this edition of the Chris Gordy Show. We'll have the podcast up a little bit later on sports1280.com. If you missed any of it, Lance Moore, 16 with 16. Good segment with him today, talking about his days of, of being undrafted and getting cut and having to fight for a roster spot. Uh, we'll have that up on the website. We'll have Ken Trahan previewing some of the high school games as well. We'll have that up on the website, sports1280.com, or on the free iHeartRadio app. Folks, if you haven't done it yet, go to your mobile device, Go to, whether it's iTunes, go to the iTunes store, the Google Play store, whatever you have on your phone, if it's an Android, and search iHeartRadio. It's a free app, and get in there. You can listen to our station, stream it anywhere. Crystal clear digital sound, Sports 1280 is the uh, station you search for. Because I was driving around Metairie uh, a few weeks, or, or last week, and there are parts of Metairie where you cannot pick up our station. So, um Listen on the app if you can. Listen on the radio if you can. And uh, take us wherever you go. That's going to do it for this edition of the Chris Gordy Show. Duncan Holder up next with tons of thoughts recapping last night's final preseason game. Thank God the preseason is over and we can start previewing week one for Saints Vikings. That's going to do it for me. We'll talk to you guys on Tuesday next week and recap LSU's big win over BYU. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.